0: Uh, Genesis chapter 3. We're going to look at one small, ugly, three-letter word today. Sin. Sin. Like Barney said, you just can't preach enough about it. You, just, you just gotta, We just got to lay it out there and, and make, it, make it known. I think a lot of people forget about it. We get so caught up in our sins that it becomes a part of our lives, and we forget that we're even doing it. And so we need that reminder that there's, there is sin in our lives. Every one of us, we're not exempt from it. None of us are exempt from it, unfortunately. And it's, it's entered into and it's affected the world that we live in, except for one person, of course. We all know who that is. You know, Jesus did not have to deal with that like we do. He bore our sins on the cross, we know that. But he didn't have to go through life as an infant, as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult. He didn't have to deal with it the way that we Have to deal with it. And I can't wait till the day that I get to make it into heaven. And I go through them gates. And I will not have to deal with it again, ever again. Because sin's not allowed there. Sin's not allowed in heaven. And so we'll never have to deal with it. Jesus, again, is the only person that's walked on earth and not committed sin. He was perfect. And he became the perfect, sinless sacrifice for each one of us god knew this from the beginning we we read we read it in john we read it in genesis here in a minute from the beginning god had already chosen who it would be god knew it would be his son god knew that it would not take an animal sacrifice but yet he gave us his perfect lamb his son for this sacrifice god knew God knew it would take someone like him to do it. Now, in the Bible, we see where sin has shaped how we live today. If you look at how we live today, not just us as people, but if you look at how the world lives, what is the world doing? Are, are, we, are we climbing mountaintops right now as the world? No. The world we live in right now is spiraling down. It's falling apart. The world that we live in, is, it's crumbling before us right now. Whose fault is that? We could probably try to pin it on a politician or a country. We could try to pin it on the economy or science, but we can't. We can pin it on Adam and Eve is who we can pin it on. It's their fault. There's, there's been times in our lives where, and in, in, the, in, the, in the, the time of, the, of earth where things have gotten really good, and there's times when it's gotten really bad, and we're in a time right now where we're really bad. It just keeps going downhill. But it's sin that has transformed this world into that downward spiral uh, journey that we're on right now. And, it's, and it happened, from the, it started spiraling down from the Garden of Eden. From that moment that they took a bite from that fruit, we've been going downhill ever since. And so today I want to look at that one word, sin, three-letter word, sin. But I want to look at three different types of sin. Now, just don't anybody get all freaked out because I said there's three different types of sin. It's it's not like you think. But we're going to look at three different types of sin. We're going to look at small sins, secret sins, and we're going to look at silent sins. Now, I, I say that, and I'm going to go ahead and clear it up. That doesn't mean that there are different types of sin. All right, so what I, what we're going to look at today is a is a mankind's version of sin because you know how mankind is we put us put it on a scale we have a, a scale of sin that we tend to go by and we look at sin different ways some sins are worse than other sins but when it boils down to it and we'll look at it here in a minute when it boils down to it there is all the sin is equal in God's eye All sin is equal. There is no silent sin, no hidden sin. There's no secret sin. In God's eye, it's all the same. If you got your Bibles, uh, stand with me just a moment. We're in Genesis 3, verse 6 and 7. Genesis 3, verse 6 and 7. It says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes... And a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning again, we thank you so much. Oh God, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the ones that make it up. God, we thank you for... Salvation, God, we thank you for allowing us to come to you when we have sinned and ask for forgiveness. God, we thank you for forgiveness of those sins and God, I thank you personally for forgetting about those sins, Lord, you're not like one of us and holding it over our heads God, you throw it away, God and we thank you for that so much. Lord, we thank you for the perfect sacrifice that you've given us, your son Jesus Christ, Lord we thank you for that cross and we thank you for the blood God we thank you for the for the, uh, the tomb, Lord, we thank you for the, the empty tomb as well. Lord, we thank you for that resurrection. God, today we can't thank you enough for all of the things that you've done for us. God, but we do thank you so much for where you've loved us. Lord, you've cherished us. Lord, you provide that mercy every single day for each one of us. And I pray today that we open up our eyes to the sins that are in our lives, God, and that we would place them before you. God, I pray that each one of us would feel a conviction on our hearts today knowing that we have failed you, we have sinned against you. But, Lord, I pray today our eyes would be opened and we'd place some sins before you, ask you for that forgiveness. And, God, just the thought of you forgiving us. Lord, that touches my heart right there, just knowing that you will forgive us if we just ask. We thank you, we love you this morning. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. So we're going to look at the three the three types of sins that the humans think of humans we put them on a scale and we have gnats here so nat can tell us in a law enforcement view there's different levels of crime you've got misdemeanors you have felonies you've got little you know get slapped on the hand patted on the butt don't do it again then you get those you get locked up for life that's that's where we come from that's why we as humans look at sin at different levels because of our judicial scale, because of the laws that we have to follow, those, those are sins. Those crimes that are committed are sins against mankind or against individuals. Those are sins. So because we put those sins or those crimes on a scale, hey, let's just go ahead and put our sins on a scale as well. And so the first thing that we look at is we're going to look at small sins, little tiny baby sins, little ones, little bitty sins that we don't even think about anymore. One little piece of fruit, (laughs) all kinds of entertainment up here. One little piece of fruit, such a small thing. Now, we don't know exactly what that fruit was. It might have been the size of a watermelon. It could have been the size of a grape. It could have been the size of an apple. It could have looked funny like a banana. I don't know what it was, but we know that it was a piece of fruit and that it was probably fairly small. And it was just a small thing, but Eve took a bite, and so did Adam. Such a small fruit, such a small thing that they did. And look at where we're at now. We're going downhill. They probably thought there wasn't much there, but God told them. He told them. He said, don't eat from that tree. Don't eat from that tree. I remember back after Mom and Dad built their their house back in so they built the house in 92 so it's probably around 93 94 my dad decided because he had honeybees he said he was going to put some fruit trees out he wanted some good fruit bearing trees and so he put some pear trees and some apple trees up the, the edge of the property line there and i remember him telling me don't eat that fruit he he told me he said when it starts to to when we get blooms and we get the fruit on there don't eat that and it was so tempting it was so tempting for me to just look out my, because he put them on my side of the house so I could look out my window and see him. It was so tempting for me to, to, to want to go out there and try that fruit, but I was told not to. And so I tried to listen to him. I tried. Sometimes they fell off, and I, I would pick them up off the ground. But there was, there was that, that father. My father told me, don't eat of that fruit, and I listened to him. The father, God, told Adam, Eve, do not eat of this tree. And they were sneaky just like any kid would be. They were pretty sneaky, and they did it anyway. They didn't think, ah, one little small bite, one little small fruit off of this big old tree, he's not going to know that it's missing. He's not going to know that we have partaken of this. They probably thought one little bite wouldn't hurt anything. This small sin brought on big evil. Big evil. Every evil, rotten nasty wicked thing that's happened on the on this earth up until this very second is because of that because of that small fruit that small bite that small sin it's because of that one moment where they've had a, a lapse of judgment we was lost or what was lost was was being perfect what we lost in that garden and i will say we lost it in that garden we lost beauty we lost health. We lost life. In that yeah. We, we lost it all because of that small bite that they took. We lost a lot of, a lot because of Adam and Eve and that little piece of fruit. There is no small sin in God's eyes. There never has been. When God sees sin, God sees sin. He doesn't see little sin, big sin. He sees sin. In Genesis 19, we see where God was going to destroy the, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then you keep reading on into it. He told Lot, he said, get your family out because I'm going to destroy this place. And then he told, told him, he said, Don't look back. Whatever you do, don't look back. And I think verse, I think it's verse 17. Yeah, verse 17 is where he said, don't look back behind thee. In verse 26, Lot's wife done one small thing. She glanced back. Now, I, we don't know what it was. We don't know if they were going out and then she just turned around and looked or if she done not like a lot of us, she just kind of peeked a little bit. Who, who in here ever been around a welder? What are, you, what are you not supposed to do around a welder? Look, <laughs> don't watch them. But what do we do? Every now and then, we'll, 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 we'll just kind of peek a little bit and see what what they're doing. I think that's what Lot's wife did. She didn't completely turn around and look, but she just glimpsed. She took a small glance. That's a small sin. And we know the next part of that story. She turned into a pillar of salt. One small movement, one small sin, one small disobedience against God, and she turned into a pillar of salt. There is no small sin in God's eyes. In our eyes, this was small, but in God, this was not small. In God's eyes, this was not small. God does not see things the way that we see things. I'm so thankful that his ways and our ways are not the same ways. I'm very thankful. I appreciate the fact that he protects us, and he guards us, and he doesn't give us all that we need to see. You think about John in the book of Revelation, he did not allow John to see or at least write down everything that there was in heaven that he got to see. He protected us. He protected John. There's so much more there that we'll never understand until we get there. But he only allows us to see and do certain things because he loves us. He loves us with his whole heart. He, in his love and his mercy, he, he lets us go into this world. You know, as a father, that's what we have to do sometimes, as it's time to, to start letting our children go. And it starts out small. You know, we, what's one of the first things we do, they, they, maybe they go to a babysitter. They're born, and then the first thing we've got to do is we got to put them in daycare or babysitter. So that's a small step for us letting them go. And then after that, they go into school. And then after that, they go into college. And then after that, they start to move out. Or they start to date, and then they, they get married. And then they start their own family. But as a parent, we have to start letting them go. Got, We've got to learn. They've got to learn. And so the Father allows us to go out into the world so that we can learn. And we also learn that we depend on Him 100%. That You get in the world, you realize you can't trust the world. The world's going to let you down. And by Him letting us go out into the world, we see how much we depend on Him and how much we need Him. But when God has seen enough, of the disobedience he will act swiftly and he will act justly that's the way he works i don't understand him at times but i know he is a just god and i know he loves us i'm so again i'm glad i don't understand uh, his ways because they're they're greater than our ways i know that small sins don't i don't think there is such a thing as small sin we might think there is but according to god there's not secondly secret sins Secret sins. This is probably the one that people really get hung up on because everybody's got secret sins in their lives. After Adam and Eve ate that forbidden fruit, what did they do? Look at verse 8. It says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. That was a secret. They didn't want anybody to know, they didn't want God to know what was going on. They tried to hide their sin from God and keep it a secret. How many times have you tried to keep something from your parents when you were growing up? Something that you did. We all have tried to hide something. Hide our, well, of course you can't do it much now, but used to. I didn't mind hiding my my report card or my midterm. I I didn't care. I didn't want him. I'd hide it in a heartbeat. I think I'd probably still hide it. They tried to hide their sin from God and keep it a secret. You might hide your sins from me. You might hide your sins from your family or your friends. But I'll promise you this. You ain't hiding your sins from God. He sees every single one of them. He knows What's going on in your mind right now? He knows what's floating around in your heart right now. He knows it. So, yeah, you might be hiding it now from the rest of us, but you ain't hiding it from Him. Now, there's another example of of trying to hide your sins in the Bible that I want to read real quick. It's over in Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 10. It says, But a certain man named Ananias, and uh, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part, and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost, and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whither ye sold the land... For so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, yielded up the ghost, and the young men came in, found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband." Secret sin. Secret sin. They tried to hold back from God. They tried to hold back some money, sold some property, made some good money, but instead of giving God his portion, they just gave him a little bit, and they kept the rest for themselves. Now, I'm sure Ananias was was, uh, thinking Peter would never know that they were holding back some of that money. They tried to slip it in, just whatever, just throw something in the offering plate, and they'll never know the difference. It'll be a secret that Sapphire Sapphire and Ananias would keep to themselves. They had thought about this together. As a couple, they said, we're going to keep this, and then we'll go blow it somewhere else. We'll go spend this money somewhere else. God doesn't need all of this. God did what was best. God took care of this sin, this secret sin, He took care of it. In verse 4, we see the words brought before Ananias were, Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. If that right there don't hurt your heart, I don't know what can. What you did did not hurt man. It hurt God. It hurt his feelings. It hurt him because he loved them. He loves us, and he wants us to give unto him all that we can. It's not about the 10%. It's about giving. It's about giving of the talents that He has given us, giving of the skills that He has given us about using them to glorify Him. Yes, money is a little bit of that, but it's not the whole thing. God has done, He sacrificed, He's given us so much, and in return all He asks is just give out of love, give out of heart, give in a way that would please me, give in a way that would glorify me, give in a way that would build up my kingdom. That's all he's asking from us. That's all he's asking from this couple right here. But what did they do? They withheld. They held back a portion of their money instead of giving it to God. And he took care of them. The judgment from God, it came quick. It was quick. I mean, it was really quick. Peter called him out. He fell dead, gave up the ghost, and they buried him. Within three hours... His wife come back, Peter called her out, she lied, she fell dead, she gave up the ghost. Within three hours, husband and wife were buried side by side. That's how just, that's how quickly, swiftly God worked. Amen. Mark 4.22 says, For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret but that it should come abroad there's so there's no such thing as a small sin or a secret sin from god now the last one the third one is the silent sin the silent sin now look at the most probably the most known silent sin that there is in the bible judas think about judas for just a second Judas was keeping silent about betraying Jesus. He thought harm, no, that no harm would come his way. That's what he thought. He had a plan. He had a scheme. He had things in mind, and he thought that he could keep it silent without letting anyone know. He was just going to turn him over to the Romans. He had this thing planned out. I'm just going to turn him over to the Romans. They're going to put him in jail, and then everything's going to go back to normal. That's what he was thinking, so he's just going to keep his mouth shut. I'm sure Judas thought, about what was going on and what he was going to do. And I'm think, I think, this is just me thinking, it was kind of a twofold event that was going on in his mind. First, in Mark 14.10, it says that Judas went before the chief priest. Judas went to the chief priest. Now, what you need to understand about this is the chief priest didn't come to him and threaten him. The chief priest didn't come out to Judas and say, Hey, and snatch him up by the hair of his head and, and drag him over to the corner and beat him up and say, Hey, if you don't re- uh, reveal the location of Jesus to us, we're going to beat you up even more. Hey, we might even kill you if you don't tell us where Jesus is. That's not how it played out. What happened was Judas went to the chief priest. Judas truly betrayed him, he wasn't pressured into betraying Jesus. The chief priest didn't come to him and beg him for information. Judas went to them. He just went to them. He was looking out for who? Not for Jesus. He was looking out for himself. A little bit of money. A little bit of money. Mark 14, 11 says how he might conveniently betray him. That's how it's worded. Conveniently betray him. Judas was already wheeling and dealing with the devil before he even went to, before the Romans. He had a plan. It was a secret plan. And secondly, in Mark 14, 18, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. One thing's clear, Jesus knew he was going to be betrayed. He knew it. He knew. There was no secrets. There was no secret sin. There was no small sin that evening. And there definitely was no silent sins going on in that room that night. Why? It was pretty clear. It was written. It was written. It was foretold that Jesus would be betrayed. So he knew what was coming. Judas thought that by sneaking around, no one would find out. So there's no such thing as a silent sin. It will be exposed. Just like a secret sin will be exposed, that silent sin was going to be exposed. And, of course, remember when Jesus mentioned that part that he would be betrayed, everybody's kind of looking around, is it me? Is it me? Is it you? Who's it going to be? It'll come out. That silent sin will come out. This sin was going to happen. It was foretold. The part with Judas was that he let Satan take the lead in this sin. That's where, we, that's where we struggle. With these, with these silent sins, these small sins, these secret sins, we let the devil take hold. We let the devil take the lead on it. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. It snowballs and it gets worse and worse. It's just like an addiction. Those people that are addicted to whatever it is, it starts out small and then the devil gets in it. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's called the snowball effect. The snowball effect of sin. As long as the devil is involved in that sin, it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger, and you're going to get in worse shape. When that happens, Satan will make sure as much destruction as possible takes place. That snowball effect will turn into an avalanche. And he's going to make sure that as much destruction can happen, that can happen, will happen he's gonna tear it apart. He's gonna tear your family apart, he'll tear your your homes apart, he's gonna tear your church apart, he will tear you apart bit by bit. Bible says Satan goes to and fro devouring, and when he comes knocking, and we open the door, watch out, he's gonna attack. He's gonna attack. He's gonna slip right through that door at the church, he's gonna slip right through that front door at your house, he's gonna slip through that door at your office, he's gonna come creeping through the front door at the school's He's going to come in, and he's going to rip it apart. He will attack anything that he can attach himself to. He can attach himself to us. He's like a leech. The devil can get a hold of us, and he can latch on to us, and he can suck the life right out of us. And I'm not going to stand here this morning and tell you that everything is all right because I know that's not true. But what I can tell you this morning is, I know a man that can make everything all right. Amen. I know every one of us has got something going on in our lives. It might not be what we would call a major sin. It might be just something small going on right now. But in God's eyes, it's just a sin. So things are not all right. But Jesus can make it all right. There's no such thing as a small sin or a secret sin. And I believe me, there's no such thing as a silent sin. You can run, you can hide, but you cannot run and hide from God. You can run from mankind, you can hide from mankind, but no matter where you go, God will find you. He knows where you're at. You're not going to hide him from him. He knows and he sees what you're doing. The very intent of your heart right now, God knows. That's we were talking about my dad the other day. He gets hung up on certain words. Was you in there for that? Or is that Paisley? Yeah. So when I was growing up, he had every couple years, he would get hung up on a word. And the one that stuck out with me the most was obligations. Me and my sister had to hear that word obligations for a couple years, and he'd always done this. Ob- your obligations. He'd always pop his hand. Right now it is, the uh, thing about it is, that's his new word. Have you noticed it? Yeah, he he does that now. Think about it is. Think about it is. That's what he always says. Think about it is. And another one he he likes to use right now is the true intent of the heart. And that one kind of stuck with me. What's the true intent of the heart? God knows it. God knows it. That's a, that's not a, a loaded question, that's a simple question. What is the true intent of your heart? God knows what it is, and I hope that it's true to Him. I hope it's pleasing to Him. You might have the best poker face in the world, but one day God will call your hand, and He knows what you're holding. He knows what's going on in your heart. I hope he sees what's going on in your heart as good and not evil. So I ask you this morning, before we close out, just to search your heart. Search your heart. Think about those three types of sins that we have, we think we have, the small sins, the silent sins, and the secret sins. Do you have any of those in your life? Is there anything going on that you're trying to hide from God. And can you leave him here today, knowing that every sin has has been laid down at his feet? Can you leave here this morning without any burden, any weight, any sins in your heart, in your life? And you freely walk out that door and know that everything's right between you and God. It's between you and him. It's between you and him. We're going to pray. And as we pray, I just want you to do one little thing. Just one little thing. Ask God for forgiveness. That's all. That's all he wants. Just ask. If you have anything in your heart right now, just ask for forgiveness lord this morning as we come before you as a church god as we come before you as individuals as brothers and sisters but god this morning as we come before you we're going to come to you as sinners god some of us are just loaded down with it right now we are burdened with things in our past we're burdened with things going on right now presently god i pray this morning that as we we reach out to you for help. God, if there'd be one here today, God, that's that's just 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 tired of carrying the burden and the weight of the sin, the secret sin maybe, or that silent sin, or that little sin that they got going on in their lives. God, I pray today that they would just give it up. Just give it to you. Lord, I pray, God, that they'd lay that thing down at your feet. Father, not just that, but that they would walk away. Walk away from that sin. Walk away from that thing that it's just not pleasing to you. Walk away from that thing that is tearing their family apart or their their homes apart or their work apart or whatever it might be. God, I pray that they'd lay that thing down at your feet. They would just give it all up to you and walk away. And God, we know what the Bible says about your forgiveness, that you're faithful and just to forgive us. And we also know, God, that you will forget it. And God, that's what I look forward to so much is the fact that you won't bring it back up. God, I pray this morning, as a church, as a bunch of sinners saved by grace, God, that we would rely on you more today than we ever have before to forgive us where we failed you, to forgive us where we failed each other. God, we thank you so much for that forgiveness. And I pray, God, you continue to protect, grow, move this church in a way, God, that would grow your kingdom. We thank you this morning. God, we love you so much this morning. i this listen to your son's name. We pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so, Keith, I hope you're going to fill in Wednesday. Next two Wednesdays, I won't be here, but Keith will fill in. We're starting another chapter in the book. Uh, it's been good so far, and I appreciate you singing that song this morning because it fell right into what, what we talked about Wednesday night about, about working. We've got to keep working. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning before we dismiss? Alright. Remember Miss George's prayer request. Yeah, I was (laughs) going to call her out. I was just waiting. All right. Miss Louie's going in for some eye surgery on Thursday, so remember her and Ken. <laughs> and Reed, I guess. Yeah. Anyone else? All right, I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Pray for uh, pray for us as we travel. And pray that I bite my tongue. Just so you all know, I'm going with 106.9 The Lot, and I don't believe in that kind of music. And I don't know what's going to be said while I'm there, but maybe they'll come back here, change group. <laughs> Thank you. See, I got an Attaboy. All right, you're dismissed.